This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to my Guide Trump in 2020 election podcast. It's the podcast where we discuss why Donald Trump must win and what's at stake for Christians if he loses. It's, of course, the title of my new book, and we're counting down the days to the election. And we're recording this on Wednesday, August 5th, which is exactly 90 days from the election. Of course, we may put it up a day or two from now, and people will be listening to this weeks from now. But uh, we are counting this down because this is such an important election. And if you listen to my podcast recently, I explained why a magazine on spirit-led living, an organization that's focused on inspiring people to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, would delve into politics. You know, this is off-limits for a lot of churches and ministries, but I say that it is such an urgent time in our country's history, and really, if people are empowered by the Holy Spirit, we should have authority over the enemy, we should see things through spiritual eyes, we should discern what God is saying, and when I've written about Donald Trump, that's how I tried to differentiate what I write about, rather than, you know, Roger Stone or Doug Weed or Newt Gingrich or a whole lot of other people that have written books about Donald Trump is the spiritual aspect. And if you've read my books, you know that one of my go-to people is my longtime friend, Frank Amedia. Uh, he is the head of Touch Heaven Ministries, which actually has 30 to 40 churches. And uh, he is the pastor at their headquarters in Canfield, Ohio. And Frank was the very first person who I knew personally who in 2016 was saying that God had said that Donald Trump uh, would be elected. And for me, uh, I was supporting Ted Cruz at that time, and it seemed pretty far-fetched. But, you know, over interviews and articles and podcasts and all kinds of things, I began to believe what Frank is saying is true. And I have so much respect for him, and I'll start by welcoming you to my podcast. And in, you know, podcasts are not very long, but I think it's important to emphasize as we're talking about the election, not just, you know, what crazy thing that, uh, that um, uh, Biden said lately or whatever is in the news. I want to talk about what God is saying. So how, I know that's a big question, but how would you answer that? Well, first of all, Steve, thank you again, and uh, I do so much respect and appreciate the position you've taken and the fact that you've put a lot uh, at risk, if we might say, and of course, the older we get, I guess, the less we care about that kind of risk, but you are indeed a reporter. You're an investigative reporter that also has great faith, and so I appreciate you and on behalf of myself and other voices in the body of Christ, thank you for the positions and the information that you and Charisma has boldly put out uh, in this time. We need more of that. So thank you for having me. As pertains to what God is saying, let me, let me just make it very simple and precise, and then we can build or go from there if you'd like. As you know, Stephen, um, the Lord spoke to me November 9, 2016, at 3.30 in the morning, uh, you were in Washington, D.C. with a couple friends of ours uh, celebrating the, uh, the announcement, the late one that came at 3 a.m. in the morning. I was uh, in my, my suite, uh, in my home, my study suite, and was off and on the line with Jim Baker and his program giving a, a, a moment by moment. 
and and then finally rejoicing, and then it all came down where the Lord announced the birth of Potashield and gave me a mandate what to do. He told me at that. Why don't you tell people what POTUS Shield means? We think of POTUS as shorthand for President of the United States, but why does POTUS Shield mean to you in your ministry? Yes, well, it's actually a prophetic order of the United States. And uh, because this is where we reside, and because God has given myself and a few of us that are involved in the consulate as a uh, prophetic voice into not only the nation, but into the world, but specifically into this presidency and the government and the Supreme Court. And in so doing, he outlined and defined specific parameters and areas. And uh, the, the first and foremost one is the Supreme Court. And I had seen that vision and shared that with you in previous ones. I won't take our time up on that again. But I announced that at that time, we all knew there was one obvious appointment. He said there would soon, very soon be a second, and then there was, and he said there would be a third. And I also took that position, uh, not very popular at some points, of saying that Chief Justice Roberts could not be trusted and that he would not be endorsing and affirming those important critical decisions that are important to the faith and the country, and certainly about overturning Roe versus Wade. So what God is speaking is that that third appointment is being hold, held in abeyance, and it's going to come forth, and Donald Trump's going to make that appointment. I believe we could get a fourth, but that's not what I heard. That's just what I would assume and would like to see happen. But we absolutely need that majority. I believe that God's heart has heard the prayers of many years, and as you and I both know, um, led and headed up by our dear friend and my beloved sister, Dr. Alveda King, our other good friend, Alan Parker, uh, those that have been on the forefront of the cry for life against abortion for years and the prayers that have gone forth. And he's going to answer those prayers. And he himself is, is going to rescue the unborn that are being annihilated for a bribe. And there's a scripture that says that God's against those who take advantage and abuse those who are without for a bribe. Uh, the Lord has uh, told me on November 9th that Trump would be reelected, and I've held on to that. And oddly enough, Steve, we went through this together. Um, we're at the exact same point that we were at on this day, this calendrical day of last year, when Trump uh, was opposing Hillary Clinton in 2016, uh, we're at that same point today, and the pollsters are saying that Hillary had a seven-point-plus national average over Trump, and Biden, they're saying, is 7.4. So let's say it's about equal. Um, in, the, in the states, the battle states, they're putting them about where they were then also. So it's very interesting that the pattern's repeating itself, uh, even though the, the environment the playing field has been changed. We didn't have a COVID, but we had other issues. Um, there's a conspiracy, and it's the same spirits that were propelling that campaign, that election, and, and attempting to destroy Trump even before he got out of the box. Those same spirits are at work today. I named them. I identified them. We pray against them. Uh, that's in my POTUS shield alert and the next one that's coming out. Um, and then we also understand Israel. Israel's at the forefront. And, and Steve, you were there. 
Um, you know, I had the privilege. That's where you and I met, was in Israel at the Western Wall. We had some mutual, we were there with uh, different groups of Christian friends who knew each other. And at the time, you lived in Florida. And of course, that's where I lived. And we struck up a conversation and, and have become good friends in the ensuing years. That's right. And so it seems like all, all circles go back to Jerusalem. And uh, in March, uh, early on, late February uh, of 2016, when then candidate Donald Trump was trying to figure out how he was going to address APAC and Ted Cruz, as you had said, and, and, and rightfully so, was the favorite son, and he was expected to just overwhelm APAC. Uh, Trump came in with a five-point Israel plan that I, I was blessed to have written and passed on to him through his consultants. And um, and the first one was to move the embassy, and he did. And so we understand that part of what's going to fuel Trump back to this victory is because God's word is true. From Genesis 12 on, those who bless her shall be blessed. Those who curse her shall be cursed. Well, Steve, in the Obama-Biden uh, presidency, vice presidency, that administration, it's very evident we know that there was not a love for Israel, and especially the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. We know that there was obstructionism going on between that relationship, and in fact, it forced Israel to begin to seek other allies because it couldn't rely on Obama. So Biden cannot call upon that blessing. In fact, he's bought into that curse, and Trump has brought this country that blessing, but he's not finished with what he needs to do there. We have open assignments. And finally, uh, lawlessness. Steve, amazingly, as uh, a YouTube uh, service will show May 23rd this year, I had said that the spirit of delusion that was talked about, the precursor of it in Thessalonians, and uh, followed by lawlessness, was about to be released on the earth. And this was a precursor even as the Lord said he would begin to release the spirit of Elijah before the, the dark and gloomy day. So that's just about where we're at right now. And that this lawlessness would begin to prevail. Well, the very next day, George Floyd, and I'm going to say, was murdered. He was murdered. He should not have died. That was, that was a, an act of absolute violence against him. However, within three days, we saw cities ablaze lawlessness, rioting, looting, people being killed and maimed and injured and hurt. And here we sit six months later, um, and we've had a couple thousand police officers injured, maimed, killed, and just a couple hundred in Portland alone, lawlessness, let alone little children being killed while they're in their mother's arms or strolling in a park, um, lawlessness. So why? And how do you think this is going to play into the election? Well, I believe there's no doubt that very uh, it's a strong contrast as much as Biden's handlers. And I say his handlers because we all know it is true that when he's out speaking for himself, he bumbles it. So we won't go there, but it's, it's evident. Uh, so he has handlers and these handlers have said they're going to reallocate the funds uh, that are given to uh, police organizations in different cities. Well, that's just another word um, for completely defunding them. While 
Biden tries to say he wouldn't defund them, reallocating the funds away from law and order is reallocating the funds away. And uh, you have Trump, who's for law and order, um, and you have Biden, who is reallocating uh, on the progressive side of things. I don't believe lawlessness is going to get less. I think it's going to get worse. And I think the country's eyes are opening up to it. Um, I also think the school is a big issue. And right now, you know, the progressive left and those led by the fear of COVID, uh, they're making a very good uh, in-way in position to pretty much cancel schools. I have uh, children who have my grandchildren and they don't know what to do. Some can't go back to work. They don't know how to take care of them. In fact, just today, my one uh, daughter's running around trying to find another place for her son to go to school because she's on active duty uh, and serves the military. She can't stay home. Um, this is a real issue, and, and Trump has been forthright on it. I'm hoping and praying that he comes up with other some solutions for that. So lawlessness, our children, obviously COVID, and see what needs to happen and the way we need to pray is that Donald Trump and his advisors, his campaign, and I think they're doing that, but they need to really emerge quickly with it. They needed to reinvent their campaign. They stumbled out of the box thinking that they could do rallies again, and that's not going to work. They need to use media. And what I've sent forward, and Steve, I'd like us to pray that way, and you're very media savvy, is that we know there's a lot of middle markets. We know that while elections and people love the big cities, they're really one in the rural markets when if you can get all the rural votes you'll win even if you lose the city and uh, a lot of those rural markets are served by television stations that aren't as expensive as some of the network stuff if that same amount of money that was going to be used for rallies is put into those middle markets with regional rallies on television time bought i believe he's going to have a significant campaign i've sent that forward uh, to the campaign and I'm praying with it, and I'd like everyone to pray with that. I really believe that's a word from the Lord. I believe it's a strategy, and I believe it'll get his message out. And then the next thing is messaging. What is he going to message? And so we all love him, and at the same time, we laugh with him, and sometimes we shrug, and we get red-faced with some of the shenanigans that he tweets and does. Uh, what he really needs to do now is to be point-specific, to stay on it, to stay out of issues he doesn't need to be involved in. Because, Steve, in September, as I prophesied several months ago, the Lord told me there was going to be a significant shift. When you and I talked about COVID, and I said then there was going to be a second thing released, and then I realized it was lawlessness. Before I gave that one, the Lord said there would be a third one, but the third one would not be like the other two. And it would be clearly by his spirit. And what I saw and what I'm sharing is that I saw Donald Trump and all of our hopes thinking in the quicksand. I saw him up to his chin in the quicksand. And then I saw the thumb and forefinger of the hand of the Lord come and pluck him by his head, right by the very thing that identifies him from his identity and flick him into the air, pull him out of that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, he will soar once I deliver him from this quicksand. And he will, he will trump this election. So I'm asking everyone to pray that way. We're the birthers. We're the ones that are the midwives of, of, of this move of God that's going to happen in September. And we don't need to know what it is to be like those that were in the temple or waiting for the Messiah to come. We just need to know it's going to happen 
So Steve, with your help, I'd like to invite people to pray that way. And then of course, we have a whole strategy and plan that we're posting on our website at POTUS Shield for the different senatorial seats and, 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 and races. But again, it's POTUS Shield. And um, that's the mantle that we're operating under. I think this is so important. And I want people to connect with what you're doing. You have prayer alerts on the, uh, you send them out on the cell phone. I'm on your list. Uh, there are times when you have, uh, I guess it's kind of a conference call prayer. At least you've done that in the past because I've part- participated numerous times. And, you know, I wrote God Trump in the 2020 election because I thought the stakes were just so very, very high. I wrote it in the summer of 2019. The economy was booming, yet I had a chapter in there on why Trump might lose. And one of the reasons was if the economy tanked, uh, which it has, although it's coming back like it's on a bungee cord, like uh, Governor Mike Huckabee said, also how dishonest the other side is. But also, one of the things was if the church was apathetic. And I mean, when you hear the statistics, not in just this election, but the last few elections, a lot of sincere Christian people aren't even registered to vote. And then a lot of those who are sit out the elections. And, you know, I have written these books for the believer. I mean, yes, we talk about the different things that are happening with the politicians and so forth, but you know, I write about prophetic voices such as yourself. I quote uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, who sees parallels in the scriptures to such as some of the things that are happening. You know, the obvious one is comparing Donald Trump to Cyrus, who God used in the Old Testament. Rabbi Kahn kind of compares him to Jehu, who was a, a ruffian who came out of nowhere and defeated uh, Ahab and Jezebel and brought Israel back to worship the one true God. And there are other examples like that. You know, that is from a spiritual perspective. I wrote the other books after the fact, God and Donald Trump, you know, the miracle of his election, like we were talking about earlier, and then Trump aftershock, which went over really his first two years. This one, I felt it was very important to write it ahead of time to get Christians to wake up. But since I wrote it, there has been the impeachment, there has been COVID, and now you're saying there's going to be other things. You know, we couldn't really, at least I couldn't really foresee the unrest that's happened. Yet, I don't really see the body of Christ waking up. If anything, it's kind of like they're pretending an election is not going to happen. Now, if you question them, they're not for Joe Biden. They're not for, you know, all of this uh, radicalism, of course. But I just don't understand why Christians are not more concerned, and uh, I would be interested in your take on that, and, and maybe you can answer what we need to do to get believers to take our authority in Jesus. Some of the things I was mentioning earlier, you know, we believe that we have power over the enemy, but the polls are showing that his evangelical support has declined some, and the evangelical never-Trumpers are more vocal than ever, starting with Christianity Today and even people like Beth Moore and just people that I'm just heartbroken that they would uh, take some of these stands. So what do you think? Well, again, um, I think we're in that season and in that period that's the precursor uh, to the dark and gloomy day and then the coming of the Lord. 
And he said that hearts would wax cold. We get the, unfortunately, the graphic understanding of the Church of Laodicea that shows the church in three different elements, hot, lukewarm, and cold. And so what you're describing is lukewarm and cold, cold all the way to the contrast of never Trumpers and angry, even at the sake of forsaking uh, a lot of the church faith rights uh, and, and granting them and giving them away to a progressive Marxist socialist end. I have no understanding how anybody could do that, let alone an anti-pro-life uh, stand, uh, even if they don't believe that themselves. I can't explain that one other than the fact that it's just people that are ignoring the call of the Holy Spirit. Um, the answer, first and foremost, is the Holy Spirit. And I believe as we'll be releasing more and more, we want to call upon and move in the power of the Holy Spirit so that it's not by power, not by might, but by his spirit, spirit. And I believe that's part of what's going to be released and propelled in September. However this happens, it's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit as well. Now, Stephen, the other part of it is, is that there's a reluctance and, in fact, a training and a refusal as you started off with. You were right on point. Um, where, you know, we're not supposed to mix or supposedly that false law came out uh, in opinion, a position on politics and, quote, religion or faith. And unfortunately, many pulpits won't touch it. And many denominations, uh, they are instructing their pastors, as influential as they are, not to touch it. And really, when we go back to how this country was founded, and I'm sure you've listened to you know, David Barton and the story of the black coats and how they would preach on Sunday and take their black robes off. And underneath it was their, their, uh, their military uniform and they would lead off with the men and the young boys and go fight for, for liberty and justice. Well, I think we need to pray that pastors will break out of that and they'll quit being intimidated and they'll break out of that law because you, you know what, Stephen, you made a very good point. If we were to call for people to register to vote and literally had registration available right at the churches on a Sunday morning, just imagine how many more voters would be had. Just imagine how many would be activated and, and find out that it's a good thing to be able to go out and vote and know that there's causes that they're voting for, if not necessarily a person, but causes that are important to them. Our First Amendment rights, Stephen, I was so angered a week ago Friday you know, when Chief Justice Roberts and they released late in that day to get in, out of the news cycle that they were going to restrict the assemblage and free speech of churches uh, upholding that Nevada rule, 50 people or less. But yet, ironically, across the street, you could go to casinos and restaurants and protests are allowed to happen because they have the free speech and right to assemble. But churches aren't. And in California, they can't. And Stephen, there is no higher court but the court of God to go to in this land uh, to, to, to be able to honor the, our first constitutional rights, First Amendment rights. So there's a lot at stake, but it has to happen with the Holy Spirit and in the churches with pastors and leaders. Well, that's very well said. And I want us to close in prayer. And then after you pray, uh, I'll come back and say something to my listeners. But you talked about praying, and that's really we have power in prayer. You can't measure it. You can't take a poll. You know, can't, you can't really do a before and after, although when we see the results of prayer, off, often we know, of course, that God answers prayer. It's like uh, Mike Bickle uh, told me 
about Donald Trump being so unlikely uh, to be elected president, and of course he's become the champion of Christian values in all the things you were saying from Israel to pro-life, etc. Mike said we were millions of people were praying that God would raise somebody up, but we didn't have anybody in mind. You know, he said that to explain why a New New York billionaire, a TV celebrity, would you know be the one that God raised up. But we do believe that God answers prayer. So why don't you pray as we wrap up, up this podcast today? I'd be honored to, Father. Very, very simply, Lord, you have spoken it. We've declared it. We believe it. Father, break it forth. Give us, Father, the strength and the courage to know that you are not forsaking, you are not leaving, and you're going before us. We ask you, Father, to make ways where there seems to be no ways to expose the deceit, to let truth, Father, prevail. We thank you for keen strategies, strategies that are thought of and instituted before the forces of evil against that which you have determined can even manifest. We thank you, Father, that the traps and snares that have been set for this election, for the senators, for for Donald Trump, and even for those who are conservative and and faith people, that those who have set those traps, those evil, evil doers, that they themselves will be laid in them, even as your word in Psalm 141, 9 says. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you prevail with victory and that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we call upon you to flood this nation, flood the churches, flood the pulpits, visit people in dreams. You do it, Father, as you said, by your spirit and give courage to the leaders, give courage to the pastors and strengthen this president and strengthen all those around him. Let his resolve not fail and let us not be weary, but let us become stronger. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to add something. I'm back in the studio, and I wanted to just call attention to my two books. I'm not just trying to sell a book. I'm trying to get a, the message out, and of course, I put them in books, and I want to let you know that you can buy God, Trump, in the 2020 election, and also my new book, God, Trump, and COVID-19, How the Pandemic is Affecting Christians, the World, and America's 2020 Election. You can get them, of course, online. There are a couple of good online booksellers. Amazon.com, of course, is the best known, but also ChristianBooks.com sells it, as well as BarnesandNoble.com. But you can buy it on my own website, which is my name, SteveStrangBooks.com. That's my name, Steve Strang, books in the plural. And on my site, we have some specials. You can buy them in bundles. Uh, You can get several copies at a discounted price. And also the copies that are on my website are autographed. Some people like that. Uh, You can also get it in many brick-and-mortar stores. Walmart and Sam's probably have the greatest number of copies and greatest number of stores around, but also Costco and some Christian bookstores. But wherever you get them, I hope that you'll read the book. I hope you're inspired by the book. That's really why I wrote it, was to inspire Christians to get involved because we can make a difference. So please read God Trump in the 2020 election and also God Trump and COVID-19. And if you like the book, share it with your friends. 
loan them a copy, buy them a copy, and also go on some of these websites and leave a review to just kind of get the word out there about these books. Thank you for doing your part to help me to get the word out. God bless you.